This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Sarah and Vinny Secret Show on RadioAlice.com. Just a heads up, it's not for work, it's not for kids, but it is a good time. Available right here on RadioAlice.com. You only hear it on the Secret Show. You won't find it on your radio. Oh, maybe you're not hip enough to know that Sarah and Vinny's got a secret show. It looks like you only have one mic on over there. No, this one's just... Oh. Uh, Oh. There ain't no, ain't no light. How are you cold? No, I'm smoking. Why am I lucky? Think all the money you're saving. If I could only do it without guilt. Good breath. That's the biggest. Not, not it's not stinky. the money. It's not. None of that matters. It's the guilt. Like I know better than to be smoking. Well, it's for fucking you. killing you. you. Cough your head you're off. You're killing yourself. Yes, agreed. Like I see people lighting up, and I'm, and I'm like, how does it not bug you that you're? You're killing yourself. Rudy obviously has thoughts on this. He's just uh, that's, not. That's bogus. He w- he wants to join us. He does. Can we turn him on? I, I think Bryn's working on that right now. <laughs> Look, he's, his he's, head's bobbing. He's back literally in the there talking on. his head off. The funniest part, if we've never told, I think we have said the setup in here. So there's there's four studios. They're all along one wall. The main studio is where we do the regular broadcast from that Studio A, and it's all the way at the end. It has a window and everything. And then right next to it is the Human and Yuzette studio. That's Studio B. In the middle is where Vaughn's television is set up, but uh, his TV production is set up, but also it has a kind of a production station. And then there's a window between that studio and the one we're in, which is Studio D, an additional production studio. And there's a window in between. And... And we're in D. And we're in D. And we're seated, and we're sitting at a console. And Rudy is standing with a with a mic, just a handheld mic, like he's like a comedian. I just love it. He sort of leans against the window, looks through. He's clearly he's trying to talking talk to his us. head off right now. Oh, oh, I heard his oh, laugh. We're back. I've, I've learned. A oh, there, little he oh, there it is. Good job, up. Turn him all the way up. Turn him up. Turn him up. Oh, tell tell Bryn, Rudy. He will. You can't hear us. He'll turn it. How about now? Oh, he'll not, turn not it really. up from his board? Yeah, he turns it up from his board. How about that? Catch me outside. How about that? What does that mean? I know. Yeah. What is she called? Bad baby. Yeah. Bahad Bahabi. Bahad. Anyway, you are correct, Sarah. Siggy's stink, and they are killing you. I love to smoke, though, but I really did feel guilty, and I never felt good about it. You know, you know, Vinny. I was here, I was listening to you guys talk about that, and it, it reminded me last night after after my set, I went to an open mic, yeah. and I, you know, you get a bunch of free drink tickets at the shows and stuff. So I had a couple of beers, I had some some Lagunitas IPA in me, Love and it. I was feeling good. And I was yeah. at the open mic, and somebody had cigarettes, and I don't smoke, but every now and then, you know, like if you're drinking, you'll have a cigarette. And I asked for a cigarette, and I got halfway through it, and it just hit me. I was like, "What the hell am I doing?" And I like threw, I like flicked it. I flicked it across the room. It's I was disgusting. Like, this, this like your mouth tastes like crap but afterward. Why, but what what is it that even pulls us into it? You know, even just to like have a drag or something like that. What is it? I I, I mean, I like to think I want to think it's like the menthol or something because this guy had Newports, so I was smoking a menthol to kind of get the buzz menthols. or whatever. 
but it, it is it is gross though. I can still kind of taste it right now. I think I've I've wondered this myself. Like why? First of all, the first time you take a hit off a cigarette, you cough your fucking head yeah. off. Like it sucks. And then, but then, unfortunately, you do get a buzz, like yeah. a head mm-hmm. buzz, when you head first change. start smoking cigarettes. And uh, and you get it for a while, and then like you're doing it, and your friends, and you're like, oh, I can quit anytime. And then you do quit, and you're right. just like, oh no, you know, no big thing. Look at that! I just went two weeks without one. I didn't even think about it. I'll have another one. What's this? Not gonna hurt me. Next thing you know, twenty years have gone by, and your cigarettes, <laughs> bitch. Yeah, that's it. And having you around. It's. I do. I think it has to be that you get that little head buzz at first, and people look for that, well, and you wind up addicted. I, I think there's there's. A bunch of stuff at play. I don't think that I got into it as much. There was no real peer pressure on me, but I did feel like I was trying to be grown up. I did hang around older mm, kids. Mm-hmm. I did see that as one of those like more grown up things you do. So, and and I also I think cigarettes still had somehow I don't know how, but they still were seen as. A cool thing to do. Yes. So it wasn't so much. Uh, my friends were all, "Hey, try this." I don't think that ever even happened to me at right. all. I think I was like, "Can I get one?" Yeah, I want to. I want to smoke. I yeah. want to be. I see old people doing it. I see cool people doing it. And it, when you got nothing to do, right. it's something to do. You're hanging yes. out. You're having a conversation. Your friends pull one out. It's like, all right, let me get yeah, one of those. Yeah, let me Boom. let me do that with shout, you. But shout out to the people that actually quit cold turkey. Because I know that that's a term that, that gets thrown around a lot, but most people, like you said, most people don't actually do it. Cold turkey, they, they'll say, they'll, they'll quit for a little bit, but then they jump back on because they're cigarettes, bitch. My mom, shout out to my mom, because she smoked, you know, up until I was like 18 years What's old. What's Ma's name? Uh, Panchita. 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 It's actually Francisca, but she doesn't like, she doesn't like Francisca. I guess it's just like too formal for her. She doesn't. She oh, doesn't, not Franny or Francie. Uh, they call her Franny. They call her Franny, but she likes Panchita. 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 But, but when I was 18 years old, Panchita said, "Mijo," she said it just like that. She said, "What do you want uh, for your graduation?" And I was like, "You know what I want for graduation, Mom? I just want you to stop smoking cigarettes." <gasps> oh. And she did. <sighs> and she did. I remember she left the last cigarette in her in her uh, cigarette bag, and she would like just carry it around just as a reminder. That was like her thing. Like, oh. I'm gonna keep this last one there to prove to myself that I I don't need it. Oh, and that it was, is hardcore. That she, is hardcore. Cause I would fucking smoke that an hour later. <laughs> and she smoked Benson and Hedges 100s. Hell. These are the long fancy yeah. ones, yeah. right? So so she she was like she was on her Benson and Hedges, you know, the the, the her whole life or That's as far amazing. as I know. And then she just stopped. And she just stopped. And I guess some people can do it, but you know, it's not it's it's easier said than done for sure. My dad quit cold turkey when he was 40, and my mom continued to smoke, and he never touched him again. I don't know how he did I that. I don't either. It's amazing. Especially he lived with a smoker. Usually, that's what happens with couples, is you see uh, the the two people either are never going to quit drinking, or right. the two people are never going to quit smoking, mm-hmm. because why would you? Or they're both never going to exercise, and they're right. both going to have heart disease, or whatever thing that ends up taking them out, to, to have... Your wife still smoking in your face while you're going through withdrawal. Woof. But right. I, I could imagine, though, that that could be helpful in some cases, though, Vinny, because it's like if you have a partner and you guys are always together, you guys, you know, you guys are, are a unit, right? 
And one of them, one, one person in the unit decides that they want to stop something and the other one decides that they don't want to stop something. I could see how that might actually help you stop because you might be looking at your partner and saying, I'm not going to do what you're going to do. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue to go the opposite route because you're going to continue to smoke these cigarettes or drink or do whatever you're doing. And I'm actually going to take the opposite route. So it's almost like a catapult mm. for a lot of people. I could see that, but I could also see that being the beginning of the end of the relationship. Right. That's, I that's know absolutely someone true. that, as I was just even as I was saying that, I was thinking of a friend of mine. I won't name him because this is his business, but uh, his mom and dad apparently were both heavy drinkers. His mom quit. And his dad continued to be the dude who would go upstairs on all fours each night because he'd been hitting the hard alcohol on his comfy chair mm. from whenever he got off work until it was time to crawl upstairs. And that was the mom stayed sober and the dad continued to do that. Yeah. And I don't know how that went, you know, this many years later, but I'm sure it, it probably killed dad. It seems like it would be hard for it not to kill dad. You right. can only do that for so long. Well, and he had all the, he had that look too. Mm. What, like gin blossom nose and Ooh. overweight, right? Roomy eyes. eyes face, and, right, right? The whole thing. I, I had to end a relationship one time um, because we both were just like drinking too much. Oh. Yeah, and we would, we would get blasted. We'd get, you know, and it was, it's fun at first, but then when you realize, like, damn, like all we do together is drink. All we do together is just go out, go to a bar. Like it all, it always starts off with like, oh, let's go to dinner. Okay, we go to dinner. Then when we get to when we're at the dinner, after dinner, we we hit up a bar. Well, we you had a bunch of drinks restaurant. at dinner. Yeah, and then it's and then you realize like, okay, now we're just at the bar. Now we're like skipping dinner, and we're just going straight to the bar, and we're just hanging out at the bar having some drinks. And then I had to, I had to, I came to a point where I was like, okay, this is. I mean, I still drink, like I still drink, uh, uh you know, socially. Mm -hmm. But the thing is though that at that point I was drinking a lot, you mm -hmm. know. And I said to myself, I can't. I, I can't be with this. Well, it I can't isn't be with sustainable, and if that's what the relationship is based on, and, and if you were to say, let's not drink tonight and stay home and watch TV, that probably wouldn't have flown with her. No, and you know what ended up happening was that you could tell that there was a wedge being created between us because when I would suggest, hey, let's not drink, and I would say blatantly, like, look, we, we just we drank last night. Let's let's ease up a little bit, right? She would say, ah. she would say stuff like, oh, you, ah, you don't want to go out anymore? You don't ever want to go out anymore? What's wrong? Like, you want to stay... I'm like, no, I just don't want to get fucked up again. You know, like we did that last night. Let's let let's and the five night. nights before and the five nights right. before that. And it's freaking Tuesday. You know what I'm saying? Like, why we can't we can't live like this. You know? Highly likely she found someone that was into it and is also probably, you know, those relationships and people find themselves out of them and go, it's better to have the drama and whatever that was than to not have it. Yeah. Like, at least I wasn't bored. Right. So that you know, she are you probably, saying they use that as an excuse to get back into another relationship like that? Or yeah, she probably found a guy who was willing to drink with her uh, every night, right. and that that's that drama ends up being like, well, we've got this thing we do. Yeah, that's and just it, part, it, and, part and of the relationship. Drinking just has so much messiness to it that oh, that's gosh. one of those things where your relationship ends up battered. Right. Yeah. You ugly. said too many dumb things. Ooh. You did too many dumb things. And you can't you take both, it back. Yeah, you both are looking at each other through like this this sort of. Ugh. Were you drinking at my party? Um, did I have? I I had yeah I had a couple of beers, and I think that was it. Though. I didn't have any. I didn't have any real. Any you didn't go for anything. the hard alcohol. I didn't go for the hard because I had to go. I had to do a set that night. So oh, I didn't want to. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, I, I ended up going back. I ended up going to the city. I did a set, you know, and I just didn't want to get. I didn't want to get too. Yeah, you don't want to get or anything. All. And plus, it's Fourth of July. You know, you got to be careful when That's you're out true. there drinking and driving. Yeah. So. yeah. But yeah, but I, but you had. I mean, you had a spread 
you had a spread, and I was I I crept around that corner and I saw the spread, and I was like, oh okay. So you, you mean know. the bar? The so bar, yeah, the bar for sure. Covered by an umbrella. Is all. <laughs> Good job, Sarah. You know, you got to keep the ice cold. Finn. Keep right. it out of the sun. Yeah, I was digging that. Um, all right. So, anything else you want to catch us up on? I mean, it's been yeah, a, what's been, been a little while. while. I. I just been I just been hustling, you know, just been out there trying to get these jokes out, you know. Just Where are you playing now? Uh, I mean, I'm gonna be at Tommy T's tonight. Where's um, that? Tommy T's in Pleasanton. Okay. Yeah, and then I'll be back at Tommy T's doing my my show, the Rare Form uh, Comedy Show. <laughs> Bryn just flipped me off real quick. Just a, a friendly flip just off. Just a quick flip off. Yeah. Um, Our friend Rudy. <laughs> I tell you, know you guys. I friends. like a good fuck <laughs> just, off. To tell you to fuck, fuck off. Fuck you. In the middle of your, <laughs> right. your your promoting. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be out. Okay, fuck me. All right. Um, yeah, I'll be at Tommy T's uh, tonight, but I'll also be doing my show, The Rare Form Comedy Show at Tommy T's. It's called August Rare Form. Rare Form Comedy. Let me Rudy's ask. Rare Form Comedy. Just Rare Form. Okay. And by, with Rudy Ortiz. I'll oh. be there. Let me ask you a couple questions. Proceed. Okay. So you're out. You, you, I'm following you on at Rudy Ortiz on Instagram. Yes, sir. For those of it's you Rudy who. It's Rudy Ortiz. At it's, it's Rudy, Rudy Ortiz. Ortiz. Oh, yes. sorry. Whatever. I'm following <laughs> right. you on Instagram, that. and I'm enjoying all of your posts. But you, you are doing a lot of shows. Yeah. So I'm curious, among your other fellow Northern California uh, comedians, mm-hmm. is the talk like, we got to get down to L.A. And, and set up base there? Or do people feel like you can step? You, this is a, a very worthwhile stepping stone here. L.A. is still is still a factor because it's L.A. and that's where all the that's where show business is and that's and that's where so you're going to go. Cameras are. Yeah, and 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 here's the thing: L.A. is where you're going to go to get discovered. That that's that's the aim. Um, There's no no scouts hanging out up here. There, there really isn't. But here's the thing, though: like comedy in 2018 is it, it's different than what what is like the traditional idea of comedy because the internet allows people to become overnight stars. So if you find if you go viral or if you do something you know of quality online. Um, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, all that stuff, YouTube, you can be discovered living in Hayward, California, you know, if, if you do something that's worthwhile. But but a lot of comics still say, you know, if you go to New York, that's where you go to get better. But if you go to L.A., that's where you go to get discovered. So my my take on the whole going to L.A. thing is um, you don't necessarily have to. It's it's very useful. Um, and there's obviously the business is, is popping down there. That's where it's at. But if you really want to get better at comedy, you got to be at a place where you can get stage time. And that's the one thing that a lot of comics will tell you. When you go to L.A., it's hard to get stage time because you have a million comics all trying to get five minutes at the comedy store. Well, and you want to be ready. If you do get five minutes at the comedy store, you need to fucking crush that. Don't go in there there just, you know, half-assing it or not not prepared. And then you look like a schmuck. Have you thought about going to New York? It must be just as hard to get stage time there. Well, that's the thing. From my my friends that have told me, you know, you go to New York, yeah, you're going to do like three minutes. But it's like you get a good crowd. It's like quality. You can – it's a little more – um, from what I've been told, like New York is still like a liberal place. You can say whatever you want or just say a bunch of say, you know, get your ideas off there. Places like San Francisco and, and L.A., I think, you know, West Coast has become a little more politically correct. And, and you have more you have parameters now. You have parameters on what you can and can't say. So that's the that's the biggest difference. That's that I, bogus. I know. I know. Believe me, man, I, I'm, I, I don't I don't like that. But see, but it's a culture thing, you know. It's like the culture is shifting in that direction and, and people want to set up parameters, even though I don't necessarily I don't believe in censorship. Um, but that's the culture. Nobody's telling you that right. you can't say certain things. You it's just, just yeah, offend anyone. when the whole right. room groans, you know, right. you've just taken their temperature. You right? have. Yeah. No, seriously. I, I mean, last night I was in Oakland. I was in downtown Oakland. And, I, you know, it wasn't that long ago when I first started doing comedy. 
going to doing comedy in Oakland was considered like, yeah, man, you're going to get a chance to stretch your legs and say whatever you want and try out new ideas. Now when you go to Oakland, you know, it's the culture has shifted so much that you get so you get a lot of groans when you when you bring up things like race or when you bring up things like politics or when you have an unpopular idea but you're trying to mold it into a joke. Right. People people forget the fact that they're you're trying to be humorous. Right. And they they just listen to the first couple of words that you said. Ah, you and they're can't like, oh, say that. So you, come on, come That's on. you know, it's so funny that you even say that because we feel that when we're talking so many times people write in, you guys said blah 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 blah. And you look at it and you go, okay, well, first of all, you you clearly didn't listen to anything leading up to that or anything after it. Right. You heard this little chunk, which, you know, and we're trying to be funny. Right. Like, we're to the, the whole thing is we don't really feel like anyone should fuck a horse. No. You know? But the, but the notion of fucking a horse is hilarious. Right. No, I mean, as the guy was saying that the horse winked at him and that the, you know, the horse wanted it. And then I'm starting to think, like, what are the logistics of fucking a horse? Like, a horse, you know, first of all, there's not a lot you can do to a horse that it doesn't want you to do. Like, they're big-ass animals. (laughs) And their ass is up high. Yeah. Like, high. Unless it's a pony. You're gonna have to stand on something and direct the horse's ass to the thing. Mm, pony like fucking. it's a, it was, you know. So I just started <laughs> thinking about what the logistics. I don't want anyone to do that. Right. And then I found myself halfway through going, "I'm kidding." Right. Like <laughs> I want, I, I didn't want anyone to think that I actually condone horse fucking. Right. And, That's and, cool though that you're getting out a lot. That's the, you know what that makes. Now I understand why you do so many shows. So coming up in radio, it's the same thing. You just you can't do this in your bedroom. No, right. you have to go Hone where there are people who can say, "Hey, that was terrible," or because you need the you need the spark of an audience. You you need to, you, you to need get the, you that experience. You need the response because only the only way you're going to get better is if you go and you work things out and. You fail many times, and you are humiliated many times, and people look at you with disgust, and they give you a, a, a stare that says, "Why did I waste my money on this schmuck?" Mm-hmm. Like you have to, you have to be a, a, a lover. You have to be a glutton for punishment yep. if if you want to get in. Yes, also, you, you ha- there right. has to be a part of that, you know. And and I, here's the thing: like I I don't necessarily agree with this notion that all comics are like you know battered souls and that they're they're jaded people that's not necessarily true but what all comic what what all comics at least the comics that you know that i've met along my journey like we just we we don't care about looking stupid that's just that's part of that's part of the deal you have to be willing to look like an idiot you know if if you want to get better but i think that's true in most things in life did you happen to see the um the robin williams thing that's on hbo right now yes you know, one of the things that I thought was, you know, and we were talking about this earlier, how like, you know, when I was when I was going to try and be a rock and roll star and then I would hear Eddie Van Halen and go, there's no way that can never. <laughs> right. just that fucking guy is outrageously great. So there were all these comedians talking about how, you know, they'd worked up their little jokes and they had their routine ready to go and they had their eight pages of notes. And then they'd watch Robin Williams get up on stage and just fucking like hover above them, like mm-hmm. fly like be lit on fire and you'd look down at like your dumb jokes and you felt like Jesus I can't even get on the same stage as this guy. Right. You know, do you do you I mean 
it's got to be intimidating when you see someone crush it and now you have to go on. No, it, 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 especially when you're new. Especially when you're new and you see somebody just kick ass and you're like, God, how am I going to follow that? But what you have to remember, though, is, you know, it's at the end of the day. And this is where this is where, like, sometimes comics, you know, we get a little bit corny. Because when I say this to myself, I feel like, oh, God, Rudy, you're such a fucking cornball. But, but <laughs> at, the, at the end of the day, though, like, <laughs> you know, you, but you have, to, you have to look at yourself in the mirror and, and sometimes you have to say these things. At the end of the day, you have to remember that it's, it's art yeah. and you're going to go up there and do your rendition of what you think humor is. You can't do what the last person just did. You're not going to do what the person after you is doing. This is your, your, your interpretation of this art form. You have to try to stay in that. You have to have like a little bit of tunnel vision. Because if you start paying attention to everybody around you who's fucking clearly superior to you, or they're just kicking ass, or they connected with that crowd, um, you're just going to feel intimidated God, so all the hard, time. Right? Right. Speaking of him, I actually, this is my own interpretation or how I think he did a lot of the stuff that he did. And in part, it's because it's, it's similar to what I feel like we have to do to do this here, is that... You may not be right. He never, I don't think he wrote down a lot of notes, mm -hmm. but what I do think he did in quiet times was he filled his brain with all kinds of random thoughts mm. so that when it was time for him to start riffing, he had a ton of stuff on a shelf somewhere that, right. spent that time he was ready to apart start and... throwing at an audience. And, and most of us aren't probably capable of keeping a shelf that full of crap. Right. And accessing it in a time of what appeared to be a split fucking second manic behavior yeah. almost. Oh my like god! Just he could just he would just pull and and go. Oh but my he god! Was another, that, he was like another species. He right. was like another species. But my belief is that there was a lot of time put into that in advance, and that it was in, however he was able to reaccess those thoughts. Right. That's how he was doing that. Right. That's what I believe. And and here's the thing, though, Vinny, like. Th those times that you're talking about, those pockets of time when he's like collecting ideas and coming up with with sentiments and things that he can tune into, a lot of those times for comics and I think for most people happen when you're alone, when you're in a dark place, right. when you're by yourself, mm -hmm. you know, and you have nothing but your thoughts just going through your mind. That's where a lot of those things formulate. And then when you take it to the stage, I think it's a matter of being brave, and 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 being you know. Um, in the moment, like being in the moment with the crowd, because that's what people I know. That's what I love the most about Robin Williams, watching his, watching all his stand up performances from the past. It's I just love the fact that I, it always felt like it was a show for me. It was a custom because he chose to be in the moment. He never he never shied away from the moment, you know, right. so I think people really Do you look for that when you're I mean, you must have experienced that where yeah. you're the, there. There's the audience right there in the palm of your hand and you've got them. And that's got to be such a fucking high. It is. It is because you feel I mean, it's it's like a power trip, you know, and I don't care how many comics, you know, will go like come on the microphone and say like, oh, I, I don't I don't like that. I don't I don't you know, I don't like to be the center of attention because a lot of comics do want to kind of play it down. But it's like, dude, you're literally on stage. Right. You are literally the center. of You, attention. you literally wrote your name behind 40 other comics so you can get two minutes on stage to say some bullshit. So don't you know, don't sit here and tell me that you don't want the attention. You clearly want the attention. But now what are you going to do when you get that attention? What are you going to do when you're in the moment? It's Kill like you're it. chasing a girl and you're talking about all the ways you're going to sex her up. And then when she's naked in front of you. Are you gonna do all those things? You know, some some I'm people just gonna go in the quarter and jerk off. <laughs> right, right. Like some people, some people are, are gonna rise to the occasion, and some people won't. You know, but you have to be willing. Guys like Robin Williams like inspire you to be in the moment. Right. Even when you have material, it's about being in the moment. You know, you may have said the joke a hundred times, but this is a new crowd. These are a new set of ears. Are you gonna be engaged with them or not? That's what it. That's really what makes the difference for most comics. You know, and you learn that over time.
You learn to be in the moment. Dave Grohl was just talking about how often he can be doing a show and actually thinking, man, I got to do laundry and I got to. And he's doing a full-blown rock show in an auditorium filled with screaming fans. That's it. It's become his job, and and he's able to totally detach. It's probably better when he doesn't. There's a lot of songs he can do where he's just doing the song. With his eyes (laughs) closed. And then there's other songs he he was actually commenting on Everlong, and he was saying that's such a sentimental, personal song for him. And when the audience starts singing it back to him, he actually has to... To keep himself from crying, mm-hmm. he has to, to do s- other stuff oh. to like not get too caught up in the moment because he's performing. Yeah. So it's it's interesting that some stuff he's able to be like, I got to do laundry and, you know, what city am I in? Right. Meanwhile, he's singing and performing. But like there's like there's like women just like crying in the crowd. And he's right. like, fuck, did I turn the stove off? Like, damn. Like, <laughs> like, did I turn well, the- that's compartmentalization at its finest like when some, when you have your craft honed to the point where you can actually step away from it mentally yeah. as you're as you're doing it you know but, I, but i actually think that that for some people that's when it's not good anymore yeah that it can backfire on you yeah. because because you don't realize that you're not giving it your all like you don't you don't realize that you're not giving it that extra spark that that you need to connect with the crowd and and i think that you end up just going into cruise control and then you're not giving your best performance. And then mm-hmm. I know sometimes when I get off stage and I feel like I've been on cruise control, like I'm telling, I'm telling this joke again, and I, I'm, I'm in the middle of the bit, and in my mind I'm thinking to myself like, God, I, I can't stand my voice anymore. You know, like I just, you know, you're, you're think, you're in the middle of a bit, and I'm like, and in my mind I'm telling myself just shut the fuck up, man. Like who wants to hear this shit, you know? And then you get a roar of laughter, and then when you get off stage, here's the, here's where, here's the, the difference maker. You get off stage, and because you weren't connected in the moment. You end up leaving the, the club and you say to yourself, that was a trash set. That was garbage. Because, and not because they weren't laughing, but because you weren't engaged. You weren't in it. You weren't in it. So you walk, you're in your car, you're like, I'm such a fucking idiot. I should go back to selling asphalt. Like, what am I doing with my life? You sold asphalt? I used to sell asphalt, yeah. You sell asphalt? Were you good at it? Oh, dude. Well, I, I wasn't the best at it, but because there, there was guys that were like selling like ridiculous amounts of Who asphalt. Who do you sell it to? Everybody, Sarah. That's the beauty of asphalt. It sells itself. Oh. Every street, every street you're on is yeah, but asphalt. I would think companies, you know, control who. Uh, I no, no, that just there's, doesn't seem like a likely thing to sell. There's like, independent companies that guys that just started a, a company and said, "Boom, this is this is an asphalt. We're a paving company. We're going to pave the roads." Is there a lot of competition between so other asphalt dealers? Yeah, and... there's. It's like asphalt wars. I would oh. love to see that show, like an asphalt war. And I'm, I'm telling you, some, I had some no of the. Idea. Is there better asphalt? Yes, because it's all about the quality of the work. All the asphalt is the same. It's all rock and oil. Now, we're doing an asphalt seminar now, okay? Yeah. It's all rock and oil. Rock and oil. That's pretty much what asphalt is. Go, go look at a road. Go look at a street, and it's just rock and oil. But at the end of the day, though, it's about who does the proper work, like who paves it properly Got to make it last longer. So Yeah. So, yeah. So sometime- Lightning did a really crummy job on the road the first time he did he it. He really did, yeah. But then when he found out he wasn't getting out of town until he did it right, Really gave them a beautiful new main street. That probably lightning. Lightning McQueen. You didn't oh, see cars. McQueen. No, I didn't get a chance. Dude, to, what the? You sold asphalt. You need to go see. Oh my god. No, I, I didn't. I, I never saw. I never saw cars. By the way, I'm in that movie. Go see what? that movie. Cor- I'm Corey Turbowitz. She's really in it. I'm a too. reporter. She has lines. Humans. You can hear Humans. 
Can you Paul want, Newman, right? Yeah, I have a whole scene with Paul Newman. Paul Newman? Fucking A, dude. The color of money? That's the guy. Hold up, so what was your the line? The salad dressing, The salad too. dressing guy? <laughs> yeah, the salad dressing guy. We didn't, I was never in the same room with him. Can you repeat your line? Like, can you do that, or is that against mm. the rules, or...? I can't. Okay, you can't. It was like this: Corey Turbowitz reporting live. Lightning McQueen is missing. No There's one knows where he's went. But that's you're in. You're, now and you're then in I find out place. where he is because what was Paul Newman's car's name? They, I said something like, "Thanks for the tip, old old." Dude, you were sedan. a cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. You're that's She's that's, stoked. That, I'm, you're, you fulfilled one of my dreams, one of my lifelong dreams. Well, you know, make Carson. friends with everybody at Pixar. That's what <laughs> right? I did. That's what I got to do. Oh man, <laughs> you're blowing my mind right now. I thought I thought who... I was kicking ass with my asphalt story. You were an actual <laughs> cartoon. Well, you need to get to the cars <laughs> one and see them lay the asphalt. And I'll, yeah, incorrectly. I'll judge them. Exactly. exactly. Oil and rock, huh? How does it not just fall apart? Oil and rock. That's the beauty of asphalt. It's going to fall <laughs> apart. That that's that was my favorite thing to tell them. My favorite thing to tell them was the only thing I can guarantee you about this asphalt is that it's going to fall apart and that you're going to have to buy some more. And you just walk away laughing like an evil genius. You're like, <laughs> I'm selling it to you and you're going to have to buy is it, it again. Is it all different sizes of rock, like little sand bits yeah, there's, and then there's like different, gravelly? There, there's different sizes of gravel. There's like half inch, quarter inch. Huh. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not it's not Kind of oil. Uh, it's like sludge. It's like, well, you know what? I, I never actually found out what the oil is made out of. Oh, well, it's boy. just oil. I but mean, it's just, just how refined no one asked it is. You. <laughs> right, and a good thing, seriously. <laughs> well, is tar like a thick, just like a thick sediment-filled oil? Is that what tar is? I want to say yes. Yeah. I want to say yes. I, I don't. I can't really confirm what the elements of tar. Because I'm thinking that that's what asphalt is like. Is more like tar with rock in it. It's oil. It, it's oil with rock in it, and then it's just so hot that you can form it and mold it any way you want. And when it cools down, it's nice and solid, mm. and you can drive your car on it nice and smooth and everything. Mm. And we used to tell people that all the time. Like you got to get new asphalt because you're gonna fuck your car up. You know, you're driving on all those all these rigid edges. You know, you're gonna mess your car up. That was like our huge selling point. So, if anybody needs an asphalt job done out there. I will be your uh, consultant. Doc Hudson. Doc Hudson. Thanks for the tip, Doc. <laughs> that was my line. Oh, one of man. them. One, one of my five lines. Killing the game. I was cartooning. Okay. Do you guys want to? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is, what are we looking at for time here? Oh, we haven't even started yet. You haven't even in- introduced us. <laughs> We're at 30 minutes. <laughs> Introduce us. Sarah and Vinny Secret Show for Thursday, the 19th of July, 2018. Sarah, Vinny, and Bryn in Studio D. And Studio C is uh, Rudy, and I assume Vaughn's in there. Vaughn is in If we need yeah, to yeah, consult Vaughn. with He's him. fascinated And by in Studio B, talk. it's uh, it's Uezy and Hooman. Right. Good, good show, everybody. Now it's just, yeah, yeah, thanks, oh, everyone. Great show, everyone. We're just started. I don't even we know what it. you guys talked about. I just got back into the room. Oh, good. Oh, well, then you're and just then, in time for a, for a we bad advice. Started. And Hooman just split. Oh, for crying out loud. All right, well. We're done. We're not Yay, done. We're done. We haven't started. I got a bunch of commercials to, to cut and stuff. Yeah, we have what? Stuff to do so many things. I was do. just ordering uh, your boxes for Imperfect Produce. Oh, yeah. So I good. ordered you guys some medium size right. organic veggies and yes. fruits. I will eat some of that. Oh, look okay. at Rudy's face. He's, he yeah. wishes that he had an we'll Imperfect Produce. We'll get that produce. next Tuesday. healthy. What are you guys getting? Are these like defective vegetables? They're not actually defective. It's just it's they local farms, fine. and they're just they you know. Great. It's like an apple with a bite in it, and then there's, it's there's not. It's not everything. <laughs> I, I tell you, everything in the box was perfect. Yeah. It was delicious. We finished totally. up the box last night in a soup. So why are they calling it imperfect? 
Because I think it's not, you know, it's not like the mass-produced stuff that you find in the supermarket where every apple's the same size and looks the same and looks perfect. It's it's um, local farms, and it promotes, uh, it actually promotes uh, less food waste. And I, I can dig that. And it, it's like the produce has a limp, or you know, no, yeah. it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, it's a banana you know, with a crutch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's still good. It's all perfect. And, and you can order, like, there's different size boxes, or you can order, like, all fruit, all right, vegetables. Is that an ad for them? Do we have a, are they, they're a client, right? They are a client. All right. So and uh, and use Radio uh, radio Alice. I got, like, I don't even know what that code. I got uh, 50% about, off. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, man. I forgot the boxes ended up being less than 20 bucks. Oh, boy. For that big box. I think, too, it's about accessibility. Like, I think that they help... Uh, people who wouldn't necessarily have access to uh, fresh f- fruits and vegetables well, we get go. them right. as well. There yeah, were all kinds actually, of stuff written on the box. There was really an option, Rudy, you could appreciate this. Yes. There was a, a little, if you need it to get even less off, if you're on um, the, what is it called, the EDBT? The EBT? Yeah, that card. If yeah. you're, you know, you don't have a lot of money or right. maybe you're on food stamps or I whatever. I appreciate how she pointed me out on that. She was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, Rudy, if you're Rudy on your food stamps. <laughs> hey, Rudy, you can't spell uh, debt without EBT, by the way. <laughs> right. Just know that. That's funny. She looked right at me, too. She was like, you can appreciate this with your broke ass. You got nothing going on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm living off drink tickets and chicken wings. That's my life right now. Yeah, Perfectproduce.com. You got a high ceiling, buddy. If you hit, it's going to be big. I'm hoping, man. To I'm, the moon, Alice. Yeah, I'm going to pave my way up to that high ceiling. Oh, hopefully. there you go. So I hear. <laughs> Never been able to successfully right. pull that Are off. Are we really okay. not going to do an email? Yeah, we're going to oh, yeah, right. cut. Thank you, Rudy. <laughs> Thank you guys. Thanks, Rudy. Have a great day, everybody. You guys do the same. Was that really 30 minutes? Yeah. That's funny. <laughs>